Chapter thirty three of Sixty Years in Southern California, eighteen fifty three to nineteen thirteen by Harris Newmark. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by K. Hand. Chapter thirty three Los Angeles and Independence Railroad, eighteen seventy six. Once Santa Monica's boom had been launched, the town developed as had few other suburbs of Los Angeles. Within nine or ten months, a thousand inhabitants pointed with satisfaction to one hundred and sixty houses and perhaps half as many tents. Senator Jones built a wharf and pushed to completion the Los Angeles and Independence Railroad, and the road was opened to the public on Wednesday, December 1, 1875, with the depot on San Pedro Street near Wolfskill Lane. Two trains a day were run, one leaving Los Angeles for Santa Monica at half-past nine in the morning, and another at a quarter after four in the afternoon. The trains from Santa Monica for Los Angeles departing at half-past seven in the morning and half-past two in the afternoon. On January 5, 1867, the railroad company offered sixty single commutation tickets for ten dollars, and a few days later the conductor and other train employees appeared in uniform, each wearing on his cap what was then considered an innovation, the badge of his office. Captain Joseph U. Crawford was superintendent and chief engineer. From the start the road did a thriving freight business, although passenger traffic was often interfered with. Early in January 1876, for instance, the train from Santa Monica failed to make its appearance, the engineer having spied a bit of ground suspiciously soft in the Siniega, locally spelled Siniega, refused, despite the protest of passengers, to proceed. There were also inconveniences of travel by steamer such as arose from the uncertainty whether a vessel running between San Francisco and San Diego would put in at San Pedro or Santa Monica according to conditions or perhaps through the desire to throw a little trade one way or the other the captain might insist on stopping at one port while friends had assembled to greet the traveller at the other a single car with such objects of wonder as air brakes and miller couplers drew sunday crowds and when about the middle of january the company carried down the ten car loads of people on a single day and brought them back safely substantial progress it was generally felt had been made in february the santa monica land company was pushing its sales of real estate and one of its announcements began with the headlines santa monica the wonderful young city and seaport of southern california the future terminus of the union and texas pacific railroad the advertisement winding up with the declaration that several hundred vessels including the largest boats of the pacific mail steamship company had already loaded and discharged at the wharf in all weathers my memory is obscure as to just when senator jones built his splendid mansion at the corner of ocean and nevada avenues but i think it was about eighteen ninety i certainly recollect that it was then considered the most extensive and elaborate home in the vicinity of los angeles rather late in january h newmark and company had their first experience with burglars who scaled the wall behind the store one saturday night cut away enough brick to enable them to throw back the bolt of the door then barricaded the front doors by means of crowbars and proceeded to open the safe which was of the old tilton and mcfarland pattern the face was forced off but the eight hundred dollars in the safe remained intact and undisturbed the burglars making a toll haul of only five dollars other merchants also suffered at this time from the depredation of cracksmen following this futile attack we sent for a new safe of the hall type scarcely had a month elapsed however when a second attempt was made in much the same way 
then the burglars went to work in real earnest and soon effected an entrance into the money drawers but alas the entire contents secured would not have provided a half dozen tamales this fact probably aroused the ire of the rascals for they mutilated the front of the prettily decorated safe before leaving and tried to destroy the combination the best excuse and perhaps not such a bad one that the police had to offer for not furnishing los angeles street better protection was that the night was dark the streets and sidewalks flooded and that a policeman who had tried the beat had been nearly drowned in february trains on the los angeles and independence railroad began to leave los angeles at ten o'clock in the morning and five o'clock in the afternoon and santa monica at eight and four o'clock the company deeming it a sufficient inducement to allow excursionists five or six hours to bathe fish or picnic round-trip tickets good for the day and the date only were sold at a dollar each and the management reserved the right on steamer days to change the schedule to fit the sailings when a fourth passenger coach was added to the equipment the company declared that the accommodations between this city and santa monica were equal to those on any road along the entire coast but the high water mark of effort was reached when it was announced that the splendid palace car dubbed santa monica which had carried senator jones to washington was then being sent south from san francisco for the convenience of the company's patrons in march while the san pedro street railway was being built another official announcement said that in the course of a few days the people of this city will have the honor and delight of seeing a palace car standing on a railroad track near the pico house and about the end of march printers inc displayed this appeal to the expectant public go by all means to the grand seaside excursion to santa monica on friday for among the objects of interest will be senator jones's magnificent new palace car now being completed by the tailors which will have three salons supplied with tables and all the usual comforts and two private compartments the whole sumptuously furnished and partly upholstered with crimson velvet on february fourteenth general andres pico died at his residence two o three main street and was buried from his home on the following day on march first work was commenced on the san pedro street railway which in time was extended from the santa monica station to the plaza via san pedro los angeles arcadia and sanchez streets the gauge was that of the los angeles and independence railway thus permitting freight cars to be hauled to the center of the city on which account businessmen looked upon the new road as a boon passenger cars soon ran from the depot to the pico house and as the fare was but five cents or thirty tickets for a dollar this line was rewarded with a fair patronage at the end of eighteen seventy six four street railways were in operation here in march also two hundred pleasure seekers then considered a generous outpouring went down to santa monica on a single sunday and within the first three months of the year the land company there gathered in about seventy three thousand dollars selling a lot almost every day south santa monica was then looked upon as the finer part of the growing town and many of my friends including andrew glassell cameron e tom general george stoneman e m ross h m mitchell j d and dr frederick t bicknell and frank ganall bought sites there for summer villas micah d johnson twice city treasurer was a quaker who came here in eighteen seventy six he built at santa monica a hotel which was soon burned and later he became interested in the colony at whittier suggesting the name of that community in eighteen seventy six the city purchased a village hook and ladder truck in san francisco which drawn by hand in the vigorous old-fashioned way supplied all our needs until eighteen eighty one 
in eighteen seventy six the archer freight and fare bill which sought to regulate railroad transportation engrossed the attention of commercial leaders and on march ninth president s lazard called together the directors of the chamber of commerce at the office of judge ignacio sepulveda besides president lazard there were present r m whitney w j broderick m j newmark e e hewitt and i w lord little time was lost in the framing of a despatch which indicated to our representatives how they would be expected to vote on the matter several speeches were made that of m j newmark focusing on the sentiment of the opposition and contributing much to defeat the measure newmark expressed surprise that a bill of such interest to the entire state should have passed the lower house apparently without discussion and declared that southern californians could never afford to interfere with the further building of railroads here our prosperity had commenced with their construction and it would be suicidal to force them to suspend in a previous chapter i have spoken of the rate ten dollars per thousand first charged for gas and the public satisfaction at the further reduction to seven dollars and a half this price was again reduced to six dollars and seventy-five cents but lower rates prevailing elsewhere los angeles consumers about the middle of march held a public meeting to combat the gas monopoly after speeches more lurid it is feared than any gas flame of that period a resolution was passed binding those who signed to refrain from using gas for a whole year if necessary beginning with the first of april charles h simpkins president for the los angeles gas company retorted by insisting that at the price of coal the company could not possibly sell gas any cheaper but a single week's reflection together with the specter of an oil lamp city led the gas company on march twenty first to grant a reduction to six dollars a thousand will tell was a painter in eighteen sixty nine and had his shop in temple block opposite the courthouse early in eighteen seventy six he opened a lunch and refreshment house at the corner of fourth street and utah avenue in santa monica where he catered to excursionists selling hunting paraphernalia and fishing tackle and providing everything including fluids down at what is now playa del rey tell had conducted about eighteen seventy a resort on a lagoon covered with flocks of ducks and there he kept eight or ten boats for the many hunters attracted to the spot becoming more and more popular and prosperous in eighteen eighty four however raging tides destroyed tell's happy hunting grounds and for fifteen or twenty years the king's beach was more desert than resort tell continued for a while at santa monica and was an authority on much that had to do with local sport on sunday april ninth the cathedral of sancta vibiana whose cornerstone had been laid in eighteen seventy one on the east side of main street south of second was opened for public service its architecture similar to that of the puerto de san miguel in barcelona spain at once attracting wide attention as a matter of fact the first cornerstone had been placed on october third eighteen sixty nine on the west side of main street between fifth and sixth when it was expected that the cathedral was to extend to spring street the site however and oddly enough was soon pronounced too far out of town and a move was undertaken to a point farther north in more recent years efforts have been made to relocate the bishop's church in the west end a feature of the original edifice was a front railing along the line of the street composed of blocks of artificial stone made by busbird and hamilton who in eighteen seventy five started a stone factory the first of its kind here in east los angeles victor dole who arrived here in the centennial year and became the delmonico of his day kept a high-grade restaurant known as the commercial in the old downy block about one hundred and fifty feet north of the corner of spring and temple streets 
the restaurant was reached through a narrow passageway that first led into an open court paved with brick in the center of which a fountain played crossing this court the interested patron entered the main dining-room where an excellent french dinner was served daily at a cost of but fifty cents and where the popular chef furnished many of the notable banquets of his time dole also had a number of private dining-rooms where the epicures of the period were wont to meet and for the privilege of dining in which there was an additional charge dole's commercial was a popular institution for more than a quarter of a century dole then had in his employ an uncle who was a rather mysterious individual and who proved to be a french anarchist it was said that his pet scheme for regulating the government of louis philippe met with such scant approval that one fine day he found himself in jail escaping in the course of time from the anxious and watchful authorities he made his way to the outside world and finally located here after the franco-prussian war of eighteen seventy to seventy one he was supposed to have returned to his native land where he once more satisfied his peculiar propensity for patriotic activity by tearing down and burning in company with other so-called communists some of the most beautiful buildings in all paris in the spring of eighteen seventy six los angeles boasted of another french restaurant a dining place called the oriental and conducted by a frenchman c casson and a german h schmidt it was on main street opposite the pico house and much ado was made of the claim that everything was in european style and that it was the largest and most commodious restaurant south of san francisco human nature at least of the feminine type was much the same thirty-five or forty years ago as it was today such a conclusion at least the reader may reach after scanning an easter advertisement of miss hammond an eighteen seventy six milliner who had a little shop at seven north spring street and who then made the following announcement to those of her fashion-loving sex miss hammond who has just received a splendid lot of new styles of hats bonnets silks ribbons etc invites the ladies of los angeles to call at her place of business before purchasing elsewhere one glance into her show window will be enough to project any modern heart into a state of palpitation elsewhere i have mentioned the salt works near redondo's site dr h nadu who came here in eighteen seventy six had an office in the grand central hotel and was soon elected coroner was once called there and started with a constable and an undertaker the latter carrying with him a rough board coffin for the prospective subject losing their way the party had to camp for the night on the plains whereupon the coroner opening the coffin crawled in and slept like a brick john edward hollenbeck who in eighteen eighty eight built the hollenbeck hotel returned to los angeles in the spring of eighteen seventy six having been here in eighteen seventy four when he made certain realty investments secured land on the east side of the los angeles river spent a large sum of money for improvements and soon built a residence exceptionally fine for that time and in this beautiful home in close proximity to boyle avenue he lived until his death on september second eighteen eighty five at the age of fifty six years succeeding a c billicke in nineteen o three john s mitchell long a prominent angeleno is still controlling this busy hostelry i have spoken of an adobe on ten acres of land i once purchased to secure water for my flock of sheep after hollenbeck had built his home on boyle heights he was so disturbed by a company of mexicans who congregated in this adobe that in sheer desperation he asked me in eighteen eighty two to sell him the land i did so and we agreed upon six hundred and twenty five dollars as a price for the entire piece hollenbeck then made another noteworthy investment h c wiley owned a lot one hundred and twenty feet by one hundred and sixty five on the southeast corner of fort and second streets where he lived in a small cottage 
He had mortgaged this property for $6,000, but since, under his contract, Wiley was not required to pay interest, the mortgagee tired of the loan. Holland Beck bought the mortgage and made a further advance of $4,000 on the property. He finally foreclosed, but at the same time did the handsome thing when he gave Mrs. Wiley, a daughter of Andres Pico, a deed for the forty feet on Fort Street upon which the cottage stood. These forty feet are almost directly opposite Coulter's dry goods store. So many ranchers had again and again unsuccessfully experimented with wheat in this vicinity that when I. N. Van Wise, in eighteen seventy six, joined Isaac Lankershim in renting lands from the company in which they were interested, and in planting nearly every acre to that staple grain, failure and even ruin were predicted by the old settlers. Van Wise, however, selected and prepared his seed with care, and the first season rewarded them with a great harvest, which they shipped to Liverpool. Thus was inaugurated the successful cultivation of wheat in Southern California on a large scale. In 1878, the depot of the Southern Pacific at the corner of Alameda and Commercial Streets had become too small for the company's growing business, compelling them to buy on San Fernando Street, and Langershim and his associates purchased the old structure from the company for the sum of $17,500, and there erected a flour mill which they conducted until the ranch was sold a few years ago. One of the very interesting cases in the Los Angeles courts was that which came before Judge H.K.S. O'Melvaney on May 15th, when Mrs. Eulalia Perez Guillen, 130 years old according to the records of the church at San Gabriel, claimed the right to exhibit herself at the Centennial Exposition in Philadelphia as a California curiosity. She was accompanied to court by a daughter, Mariana, and their counsel, F.P. Ramirez, but there was also present another daughter, Mrs. DeWhite, who brought attorney Stephen M. White to assist in opposing the visionary scheme. Mariana admitted that she had not the means to humor the old lady in her hobby, while Mrs. DeWhite objected that her mother was in her dotage and could not travel as far as Philadelphia. The judge granted the old lady liberty to live with either daughter, but required of Mariana a bond of $500 as a guarantee that she would not take her mother out of the county. On May 17th, William Workman was gathered to his father's, later being buried near the little chapel at La Puente, side by side with John Rowland, his early comrade and lifelong friend. An early and popular educator here was Mrs. E. Bengo, who, about 1870, had started her Select School for Young Ladies and Children, and who, on June 5th, had one of her commencements in the Spring Street Schoolhouse. At the beginning of the 80s, the Bengo School was at No. 3 Third Street. Miss Bengo died a number of years ago, after having been for some years at the Hollenbeck home. Glowing descriptions of the Centennial Exposition first attracted the attention of Madame Helena Mojeska, the Polish lady eventually so famous, and the presence here of a small Polish colony finally induced her and her husband, Charles Bozenta Chlapowski, to make the dubious experiment of abandoning the stimulation of old-world culture and committing themselves to rustic life near the bee ranch of J. E. Pleasance in Santiago Canyon. Heaps of cigarettes, books, and musical instruments were laid in to help pass the hours pleasantly, but disaster of one kind or another soon overtook the idealists, who found that roughing it in primeval California suggested a nightmare rather than a pleasant dream. Forced to take up some more lucrative profession, Madame Majeska, in July 1877, made her debut in San Francisco as Adrienne Le Corvier, and was soon starring with Booth. This radical departure, however, did not take the gifted lady away for good. 
her love for california led her to build near the site of their first encampment and in what they called the forest of arden a charming country home to which she repaired when not before the footlights still later she lived near newport more than one public ovation was tendered madame Mojeska in los angeles the community looking upon her as their own and i remember a reception to her at o w childs's home when i had a better opportunity for noting her unostentatious and agreeable personality Mojeska avenue is a reminder of this artist's sojourn here in june w w creighton started the evening republican but during the winter of eighteen seventy eight to seventy nine the paper for lack of support ceased to be published andrew w ryan a kilkenny irishman commonly called andy after footing it from virginia city to visalia reached los angeles on horseback and found employment with banning as one of his drivers from eighteen seventy six to eighteen seventy nine he was county assessor later associating himself with the los angeles water company until in nineteen o two the city came into control of the system End of chapter thirty three